Well, it's nice to have you here for episode eight of season four of the Simplify and Multiply show. And today I'm going to be having a conversation with Frank Furness. If you are a solopreneur and want growing your business to be easier, welcome to the Simplify and Multiply show. Hosted by award-winning creative, business development expert, and tactical coach, Terry Pappy. The Simplify and Multiply show promises to become your practical, tactical, and motivational guide to succeeding as a solopreneur. Hey there, Solo. I'm Terry Pappy, and I created Simplify and Multiply to provide you a place where you can discover how to make your business more profitable. I'm going to do this by helping you remove the complexity from marketing and business development. So if that sounds good to you, listen in. Frank Furness is an internationally sought after sales and technology speaker. And he also covers social media, marketing, you name it. He's got a lively, enthusiastic, and humorous style, and he's inspired audiences all around the world. And this is going to be a great interview because he has so much experience globally talking to all different types of audiences, mainly in uh, finances, technology, but he does cover sales as well and goal setting. I mean, (laughs) he is just a wonder. He's like a Swiss army knife, the topics that he covers. Now, what's great about this interview is how he talks about how he created niche in so many different ways in his business. I mean, the guy is so prolific with products and content and how he has created this whole package of speaking, training, delivering products, uh, leveraging his intellectual property. I mean, it's remarkable. Talk about scale. Frank has figured out the scale formula. I'm not kidding you. He's really done a great job. And what I also love about Frank is that he's really spent a lot of time learning and it's an ongoing thing with him. And that's what I really like about Frank is because I'm like that too. I love to consistently and constantly be learning. He puts his hands in the cookie dough. You know, he gets in there and he makes stuff. He masters his own videos. He does a lot of his own production work and he really enjoys it. And I can totally relate to that because I enjoy doing it myself. I want you to really listen to all the different things he talks about regarding niching his business and look at how you can take what Frank talks about and how he's used it in his business and how you can actually use that in yours. There's lots of really great things in there, so you might want to actually go back and listen to it again. I hope you enjoy my conversation with Frank Furness. Hey, Frank, thank you so much for being here on the Simplify and Multiply show. I'm so happy to have you all the way over from London. Hey, Terry, it's great to be here on the show. 9.30 at night, you're 4 o'clock in the afternoon, sun's shining. So don't worry, I'll be there soon. <laughs> it's so funny because my boyfriend Doug is in India right now, and he's on his way to uh, Dubai, and he's flying back through London. He travels quite a bit for his job, so I'll have him wave to you as he's going through Heathrow. <laughs> I, I, I might pass him in Dubai. I'll be there in the middle of September. I'm doing some oh, work in right? Dubai and then over to uh, Malaysia. Oh, wow. That's pretty cool. The world travelers, I tell you. Now, you've been traveling quite a bit for your speaking, and I am just blown away by how many countries that you've actually spoken in. It's remarkable. I mean, how have you done that? It's, doesn't it wear on you? <laughs> oh, no, I love it. I actually get frustrated when I'm not on an airplane for three or four weeks. You know, I get a little bit grumpy sitting around in the office in London, so I've got to get onto the plane 
That's why I've just I booked uh, a couple of days ago to my place in Spain next week, and I'd rather go and sit in Spain and work in the sunshine than over here. But I, I love the travel, and you just get used to it all the time. I think uh, I should have been a gypsy in a former life. I believe it. I believe it because I do work with speakers and consultants who, you know, as they get seasoned in their careers, they kind of want to stop traveling so much. They'd rather leverage their knowledge and what they do in their business and create some scale and travel less and bring things more into their world as opposed to, you know, them doing all this work because it's keeping them from their families and things that they enjoy. Well, I'm fortunate I'm single so I can sort of just travel as I want to. And I also, I, with my traveling, I always take out some extra time for fun. So I'll never fly into a place and fly out the next day. Uh, I did an Asian tour recently. So I flew into Hong Kong, took an extra four days, went into China, took some extra time. And then I had 11 talks in Malaysia, but then flew to Thailand for a week and just lay on a beach. So I always, the work hard, play hard always comes into it. Well, that's amazing, especially when you're going to that part of the world and there's so much time difference. You want to give your body time to adjust and, you know, and then, like you said, enjoy what's there. So that's great that you take advantage of that opportunity. Yeah, I think people are crazy if they're speaking to fly and speak and fly out again and not even see the place. Someone's paid for them to go there. Enjoy it. Take out three or four days and lie on the beach. Just meet the people, enjoy the culture, eat the food. Yeah, totally. That is an upside of being a speaker that travels the globe or a consultant that travels the globe for for work. And that's the great thing about being a solopreneur is we actually can do those kind of things. And it's awesome. It's awesome. So I'm so glad you're here. And I really wanted to kind of pry open your chest of marketing and sales tips and all the wonderful things that you cover in the context of niching. So this season is all about niche, niche, niche for strength. And I, I think it's amazing the breadth of the product lines and the topics that you cover, the work that you've put out there. My gosh, Frank, <laughs> the amount of content that you produce is unbelievable. So I, I couldn't wait to have you on the show to, to have you kind of talk about that. So if you could just start and tell me about how it, the process that you went through when you were first kind of getting into mode with your speaking business, how you assessed your niche and why you focused in the area that you focus and what were some of the things that you were thinking about when you developed your niche? Well, I was really good in sales. I was in financial services. I moved uh, from South Africa to London in 1993. Within four years, I was amongst the top five people over here. So everyone started asking me to come and speak at their conferences. And then somebody offered to pay. And I thought, oh, I quite like this. And then I thought, I'm going to do this full time. But my niche, I really know financial service as well. So why should I try and go elsewhere? And I started speaking at conferences. And then I thought, let me even get more niched within a niche. And I was really lucky. There was a big insurance company who asked me to come and speak at their conference and when we finished, I said to the CEO, can I come and speak to you uh, for a debrief? And he said, sure. And I didn't even know what I was going to speak to him about. I didn't know what a debrief was. All I knew was I wanted to sit in front of him again. And okay. we actually became good friends. And uh, when I sat in front of him, I said, listen, your insurance company is all over the world. Uh, what about sponsoring me and sending me to go and work? And he said, well, this is brilliant. Uh, we've got a conference in Malaysia in a month's time. Can you go? And that was my taste for overseas. So that wow. one insurance company sponsored me to go all over the world. 
Um, so then I really niched in offshore financial services, offshore trusts, offshore banking. Once I got into that, I got into all of the offshore banks where I'd work with all of the banks. I'd work with their relationship managers. Uh, I had people like HSBC sponsor me to travel around the world and speak at their big head offices. You know, so I'd go to Hong Kong, Singapore, Dubai, Johannesburg, London, uh, and speak for them. So I really thought uh, I'd rather be a very big player in a very small field than mm. just be another person speaking on sales and technology. And there's a million other people just like me. So how do I become the expert and how do I become the go-to person? And that's what I was for many years because after that, many other insurance companies started approaching me and uh, started using me. I then started niching more into offshore financial services brokerages where I built up a huge name for myself. By this time, I'm already known by all of the uh, big companies. So any brokerage would then just approach one of the big insurance companies and say, I want right. you to pay for Frank to come out. But then I, I thought about how I could use my branding. And there was one newspaper, Financial Times newspaper, that went out to 41 countries. And I thought, let me see if I can get into that newspaper. And uh, I wrote to them and I said, can I do an article? And they said, sure, if you pay X amount to for editorial. So I said, no, I'm not going to do that. But here's an article one day somebody's going to come to you and not be there on time and you're going to have an empty space. Please feel free to use my article. And that happened a couple of months later and it got such a good reaction. They approached me and asked me if I wanted to have my own column in their newspaper. No kidding. <laughs> so now I didn't get paid for that, but that kind of branding, I was I was really the go-to person. Yeah. I could work into I walk into any offshore company and they'd already know who I was because they'd read my column. That's amazing. And that just speaks to your sales, your knack for sales and what you know about sales as well. It's like you create the opportunity for it to benefit you and the person who's helping you. Um, when you, I wanted to ask you about the offshore stuff. Now, you said that your expertise was in financial. As you started getting, <clears throat> excuse me, as you started getting more niched, in the offshore, did you have to expand your education or did you already have a broad knowledge that that fit well? I had a broad knowledge, but I had to then learn how they worked overseas because they had different products. So I became an expert. I knew every insurance company. I knew their products. I knew how they worked. I knew how their commissions worked. I even set up a small recruitment company where I was recruiting into some of these businesses because I knew their businesses so well. So uh, I ran that for a while and that, that was pretty good. So I was, an, I was the expert in that business. Even now, when I was out in Malaysia recently, um, I went back to clients I've been working with for 20 years. Mm. And virtually it would be, I would say, I'm going to go to Hong Kong for a week and then Singapore for a week and maybe Thailand. And I'd phone all of my clients and say, I'll pick up my expenses. I'll pick up my flights. Uh, you can book me years all of the days and I'd have uh, either morning or afternoon, five days a week. So in one week, I could actually get 10 gigs where most wow. other speakers would go and do one gig out there. Now, when you were doing, um, and I'm so, I, I love just being able to pick your brain and just ask you these questions because this is really going to help our audience, especially for those who are you know, new to speaking or who are thinking about getting into the speaking business. And what I wanted to ask you was, where did all the products come in? So if you're getting all of these sponsorships and you're having these insurance companies and whatnot actually, you know, sponsor you to go and speak to their 
to their audiences all over the world. When did the products start coming in for you? Very soon. So uh, after I'd done the, the thing for uh, Malaysia, for Mike, the CEO, uh, I went to one of my conferences at NSA. In fact, it was my very first conference. And I did the normal new speaker kind of thing. There was a legendary lady called Dottie Walters over there. Yeah. And uh, I went up to Dottie and I said, can I have a half an hour of your time? And she said, sure, you can have as much as you want to. It's $250 an hour. And this is back then, right? This is back then, 25 years ago, you know. <laughs> so uh, I paid her $500 and I sat with her and she ripped me apart. Where's your product? And and I got back again. And in those days, you and I are real sound geeks and technology geeks. Mm-hmm. I went and bought, uh, I didn't really know what to do. I just bought a, a little recorder, you know, the little mini recorders we had there. And I recorded my first three CD series and I found a production house and I sent it to them and they phoned me and they said, oh, you're crazy. There's dogs barking in the background. There's airplanes <laughs> flying over. And it's, I didn't know anything. Anyway, they cleaned it up as much as they could. Yeah. And uh, I then phoned the CEO. I said, Mike, can I come in and speak to you? He says, Furnace, what are you trying to sell me now? Oh, nothing, Mike. Went in and I said, Mike, I've produced this three CD series. And I thought I was quite good. I produced my own cover on Publisher at that stage. And I, I thought it would look great. And uh I said, I've got this new 3D series and uh, take a listen to it. It might be good for all of the advisors for you to sponsor out there. He said, leave it with me. Come back next Friday. Came back next Friday and he said, well, the artwork's a bit dicey. I said, yeah, I fired the guy who did the artwork. (laughs) And and he said, how much is it? I had no clue. I mean, this is 25 years ago. I said to him, it's $50 for a set. He said, well, take $1,000. Please send me the invoice. And that was my very first product sale for $50,000. And their marketing took over. They did everything. Virtually all I did was gave them the content and and got a big check. And from there, I got into producing products. So I had 23 different products. A lot of them were 15 CD packs. I had one for financial advisors. Uh, I had one for speakers because I've done a lot of speakers boot camps around the world as well. That's Mm. another niche we can speak about. Um, but I, I used to sell thousands and thousands of products, but nobody has a CD anymore. So then I decided to move online. And about two years ago, moved on to Kajabi, which is a great platform. Uh, put together my first course, which is online marketing for business, 185 videos uh, and 12 eBooks. And I'm just now completing working on one for financial advisors. And that's going to be over 300 videos, audios and CDs. Wow. So it's going to be the biggest uh, package out there in the business. That's incredible. Now, who is who is the audience that you're targeting for that large package? Any financial advisor. And there's lots and lots of them. But again, what I want to do there, I can sell it individually. I know I'll sell a lot individually, but I want to approach the big insurance companies right? and say to I them, asked, yeah. you know, pay me X amount and you've got this for all of your financial advisors. And I mean, I've worked with some big companies. There's one called LIC, Life Insurance Company uh, of India. It has one million advisors. Oh my gosh, seriously? Prudential in, in Asia has something like 10,000 advisors, you know. So if I can go in and say to them, yeah, it is, and I can even make it bespoke for you, you just take out a license every year. That's what I'm, I'm looking at now. Frank, you're just printing money. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm just having fun. I've converted it my, sounds like it. My, my garage in Orlando, I've converted into a green screen studio and it's brilliant. I can just go in there and just whack out all of the videos. 
What takes time, as you know, is the production afterwards, the post-production. The post-production. Wow, it, it really takes time. Yeah. And then uploading everything to Kajabi because you've got to write something about it. You've got to give them a worksheet. You've got to produce the thumbnail. It's those tiny little things that take all the extra time. Terry will be right back with the rest of the show in just a moment. Are you niched enough As you know, I'm focusing on exploring niching your business this season with the sole desire to give you the confidence and know-how to develop a niche that positions you as the go-to expert. Unfortunately, many solopreneurs are unsure of how they should niche and they worry if they're narrowing their niche so much that there won't be any prospects. I will tell you right now not to be concerned about niching too much. What you need is the right objectivity to see your value and your ideal client clearly so you can choose a niche that is a natural reflection of who you are. Now, when you do that, everything else falls into place and your ideal clients start coming at you from the most unexpected places. And if you want help figuring out your niche, I can help. All you have to do is pick a time to talk with me one-on-one for free about your niche by visiting pappychat.com. This is a great opportunity for you to get valuable input about what you're building and how to create a well-positioned brand that drives a ton of business. Get yours on the calendar now. Hit up pappychat.com and niche, niche, niche for strength. Book yours now. That's P-A-P-P-Y-C-H-A-T.com. Now, just as a sidebar, what do you, are you farming a lot of this out? I know that you do have some folks that help you with, uh, you know, optimizing your site. And I mean, like you said, you own the, the number one page for a sales and technology speaker on Google. So, you know, and, and you do, you type that, anybody types that in, it will, Frank will come up just underneath all the ads, the paid ads. And, you know, so who, who is helping you produce all of your uh, training material now that you're building this online universe? I'm actually doing all of that myself because I, I realized if I farmed it out, I'd be spending more time telling people what to do. Mm. So I just know what to do. I just get into it. I make the time. I work till one o'clock yesterday morning. So again, work hard, play hard. And I know what I've got to do to get it out there. Um, I do have some, I have a team in India but they do different things for me. So again, I'm always thinking about sales and marketing. Mm-hmm. Now, when we're talking about niching, I have a couple of other niches as well. So Yeah, explain. So we had financial services, um, and then I thought, let me look at others. And about four years ago, I was approached by uh, the health and fitness industry, and they have a thing called URSA, which is their biggest association. And they asked me to come and speak at a conference in Holland. I did that. They liked me. They then got me to come and be a speaker in uh, in America, and uh, it went really great. And I was speaking about technology and how to use technology for health clubs. And there was a guy called Hans, really good guy, and he said, I'm flying into London, come and spend a half a day with me. And I went in and he said, what do you know about our industry? I said, absolutely nothing. He said, I picked that up. I'm going to sit with you and I'm going to teach you everything about our industry, uh, all of the acronyms, what you should be knowing. Otherwise, you will be found out very quickly. And then, so I went on a massive learning curve again. And again, really became established, speak all over the world in in the health and fitness industry. The third niche I have is with CEOs. So again, many years ago, I was approached by Vistage in the UK, 
which is the biggest CEO organization in the world, mm-hmm. started doing presentations for them, and then discovered again with the worldwide thing that they have branches all over. So I've spoken for them in England, America, Canada, uh, Malaysia. I've just done 10 talks in Malaysia for them, Australia, New Zealand. Every year I go to Australia for a month. So I'm an expert in that niche over there. And again, for CEOs, there's two others I work in. One is called Young Presidents Organization, and the other one is Entrepreneurs Organization. So again, that's another niche. And what's great about that niche is these are really big business owners. Once they see me doing a a talk or a workshop, so many times I get brought in to then consult uh, and work with their companies. And then, of course, my, my other niche is with speakers, where I've been running speakers boot camps all over the world. And uh, now I decided almost moving away from the speaker boot camps to doing stuff online, doing webinars, doing the kind of things that we're doing, because I don't have to go and spend a, a fortune setting up and hiring rooms and then trying right. to market. So this way, it works really, really well for me. So And, and on niching, I niche not only in so I niche in countries, I then niche in industries um, and, and then going into the industries, actually doing things for certain people in those industries. And I like how you're expanding because this is one of the things that I, I find time and time again with speakers is they get on stage, they do a great keynote or a great training, and then that audience or that event organizer wants to bring them into their company for additional training because they're like, okay, you need to teach us your XYZ system or your, you know, we need this in our sales department or whatever. And so do you have kind of prepackaged training programs that you can say, well, as a matter of fact, I happen to have this, or do you cater things custom to that particular audience? And again, this is what I'm doing all of the online stuff for. So I can, you know, uh, I'm, after my financial services, I'm working on a sales one. Uh, in fact, if you go and look at productivitycenter.com, you'll see there's 10 different products that mm-hmm. I'm working on at the moment. And each of those is for a different niche. So there'll be one for health and fitness, one for financial advisors, one for CEOs. But then I go separate niching again into product niching. So I used to speak on sales. I still speak on sales. But then again, it's moving away and updating. I speak on left-right brain selling and then moved into technology. So I'm, I'm pretty good at all of the latest technology. But even in technology, I then niche where I become an expert at video marketing. And I run video marketing workshops. I've got a webinar coming up in September. And uh, I'll be speaking about video marketing. I run boot camps. I run webinars. And I would say that's my big expertise now is how to use video to to market and to sell and to brand. So what are you doing as far as you're, uh, you know, building this online universe of training and education? How are you, because this is a, a whole new world and way for us to generate revenue, provide value, et cetera. And because of the medium, it does prohibit some uh, feed, you know, the forms of feedback and interaction that we would normally have if we were doing a live training. So what are some of the things that you're doing to engage the uh, the students, if you will, uh, in the training or to follow up with them for assessments or ways to gauge that your training is even working? What I'm doing there, which is a little bit different, is um, it's more with companies. So the companies would buy a lot of the products for all of their people 
And then what I'm doing now is running one or two Zoom sessions with them where they'd have everybody in the room and I'd be almost running an online training session with them. And maybe once every three months or once a year, I'd go in and do a conference and, and do close-up work with them. Yeah, you need to have the balance, don't you? Because you, you create a more stable bond. And I think that the the retention for what's being taught is higher when there's that more ad hoc engagement. And that's one of the great things about Zoom is that you can have that back and forth with people live. And it's just a powerful tool. Oh, I love it. I mean, it's like Skype on steroids. And uh, yeah, <laughs> I mean, I, I run sessions. I've, I've got one company I work with. They've got an office in Australia, one in New Zealand, one in Dallas, and then they've got somebody in Florida. And we just sort of got to get the timing coordinated that it works for everybody. And the people from all of the offices can come in and we could never, ever do that before. I mean, imagine a wow. company having to fly the people in. It would just be prohibitive. Yeah, it really is. And I'm telling you what, Zoom is a company worth worth uh, sticking by because they've got big plans uh, for that tool, for sure, for sure. Well, you know, you've accomplished so much, Frank. And what I love about what I'm hearing here and what I've, what I've learned about you since I first uh, came across your material and you is that you embrace opportunities, you create opportunities, and you're a constant learner. You know, even doing, you know, producing your own uh, video work and loading things up in a Kajabi. I mean, I'm kind of like that too. I love just the hands-on work. And as much as I, you know, spend a lot of time working on uh, strategy for my clients and their marketing plans, et cetera, I love, you know, working on my own stuff and sometimes some client work. And it's so much fun. And I think that that adds a lot of texture. But a lot of a lot of uh, solopreneurs don't have the bandwidth to do that. They're so busy out there trying to grow their business and serve the clients that they have. You know, they kind of end up having to shortchange themselves a little bit. So what would be some of the advice you would give a solo who's trying to create their niche or develop their niche and balance all the production that's required by creating the products that they need. Well, you've got to create product time. You can't come in and say uh, every Monday I'm going to do a little bit or Tuesday. So I take almost one day a week and that's creation time. And I don't do anything else. That email can wait, that phone call. If it's really not urgent, I'm not going to take it. Mm -hmm. uh, and then I just focus. And that day I'll be making videos. I'll be doing blogs. Uh, I'll be getting all of my posts ready and getting them all auto sent out. Uh, rather than try and come in and say, I'm going to do something and then get distracted and try and do something else. So really focus on how you market. Also use all of the new methods that you can be using. So another huge area of expertise of mine has become LinkedIn. So I've got 27,000 people. I'm trying to get up to 30, which is the maximum. But even on there, I've niched. So I connect with health and fitness people, financial advisors, the people I want to do business with, those are the people I connect with. Uh, I've got some great little tools. There's one called Recruiting.net, uh, which gives you the same advanced LinkedIn search, but without paying for it. So I've got my team in India. They go in, they connect with 100 people a week. I tell them exactly what to say to those people. Law of averages, 30 come back to me, three turn into good leads, one will turn into a sale. So they're doing a lot of the things that I should be doing. And I say this to everyone listening over here now, Go and outsource a lot of this, your stuff. You can go to Fiverr. You can go to Guru.com. You can go to a lot of these places. Outsource 
and you'll find the experts that'll do it for you really cheaply. I mean, my guys in India are costing me $10, $10 an hour, you know, and mm-hmm. they're doing a great, great job for me. But then I'm also doing different kinds of things because I'm learning all the time. So now when somebody looks at my profile, immediately they connect with that person and I've created a video squeeze page, a landing page, which then takes them into a video and it's not the normal kind of thing, thanks for watching my profile. I actually see, hey, this is Frank, listen, thanks for watching my profile. And I, I give them the whole little spiel, bring it all alive. And then I give them an ebook for free and they love that kind of thing because again, LinkedIn is developing relationships. People see mm-hmm. you, they like you, they trust you, they see you as the expert and that's when business will follow. Yeah, absolutely. And that's so basic. <laughs> it really it is. is. Yeah, it's just bringing it into the new millennium, isn't it? Yeah, it's true. And it's it's nice to see that there's a lot of traditional approaches that are translating really well to the technology that we have at our disposal today. It's really remarkable. I mean, anybody could start a business. Uh, all they need is a computer and a brain. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And they're out there and they, they can do it. It's It's really remarkable. So what would be some like final advice that you would give to a solopreneur who is just getting started and whatever their expertise is, it is what it is. How would you advise them to pick a niche or to start exploring what a good niche would be? Well, firstly, find out what your expertise is. And a lot of people say, follow your passion, but sometimes there's not a market and there's not a lot of money in your passion. So rather find out what people are willing to pay for and how you fit in with solving that problem with them. You know, it's just like, I'm passionate about whatever. Well, nobody's going to buy that product. So find something where you are pretty expert. There are people out there looking for what you can do. And then you've got to go, you've got to build your brand. You've got to be writing articles. You've got to be doing videos. I've got 750 videos on YouTube, and I keep putting out videos all the time. Uh, You have to be dedicated to marketing. And that's hard. When you start a new business, Mm -hmm. you're so busy doing all of the kind of stuff just to bring the money in. But you've got to keep you've got to keep selling. I'm a sales guy. If I don't sell, people will forget about me. I'm always connecting with people. Outsource a lot of stuff if you can over there. Um, and learn. Just never stop learning. Again, today we've got so much free information. Uh, just go onto YouTube. There's tons and tons of stuff on YouTube. Like yourself, I'm just getting into podcasting, but you're the expert already. So uh, it was great speaking to you about what you're doing and the sound and that. But because I want to, that's a new area I want to get into, I've just been watching tons and tons of videos and the platforms and what to do. So I'm not going to jump into it until I really know what I'm doing uh, and I'm ready for it. Well, you sound great on this show. So I'm, I think you're off to a good start. So I just want to wrap up by asking one final question. Where did Frank the Tank come from? Now, this, this is really interesting. So I used to, I started out life as an accountant and I got fired after 10 months because I was just didn't fit in at all. <laughs> so then I became a drummer in a rock band. And that's what I did for most of my young life. It was absolutely oh, no. brilliant. I had the best life ever, traveled all over Africa, backed some really big artists, worked with, with great people. And I still jam. I still, I've got to, I just bought a new set of drums that I've got in the room. I've got three guitars, saxophone. And recently I was in Spain and they have this big jam session now. The area I'm in, Spain, there's a lot of people that are ex-musicians, really top, top, top musicians that have retired to Spain. You know, they would have been playing like for Fleetwood Mac and these kind of groups. Wow. 
So I go along to this this jam, and there's about 150 people there, and there's this lady organizing the session, and she's going around finding out who wants to come up in three tunes. That's all you can get up and play, you know. So all the guys at my table know me, and they call her over, and they said, uh, oh, Frank wants to play drums. And she like was very dismissive. She said, oh, no, you know, we've got enough drummers and all of that. And then she came back, she said, what's your name? I said, I'm Frank the Tank. And she was like, wow, Frank the Tank, Frank the Tank, you're up there next. And she was like, now it's, my brand is out there. Like on the, oh be- if, you, if you go to Facebook, the big jam, you'll see there, Frank the Tank, I'll be out there next week, Frank the Tank on drums. And I just realized coming up with something like that, that sets you apart and makes you a little bit different, it, it, it attracts attention. And, you know, it's a way to niche, too, I believe. I think that that can fit right into that. So Uh, that's, I mean, look at me. I asked you about it, right? Absolutely, yeah. So so what I also did is I went to Fiverr and I got them to make me a couple of little caricatures. And then I went for the podcast and I've got them to make me a little intro. It's Frank the Tank speaking on business kind of thing, you know. (laughs) (laughs) That is awesome. Well, Frank, so, thank you so much for being here, and I wish you all the luck with your podcast and everything that you're doing. You're just the accomplishments that you've been able to uh, put together throughout your career have just been very awe-inspiring, <laughs> honestly. And I love your enthusiasm, and I love that you've got such a great attitude about travel and about everything that you're doing. And you're definitely someone that uh, that I am going to be following and uh, staying very close to. So let's connect soon next time I'm up in Orlando. How's that sound? Wonderful. We go out, we'll have those mojitos, and we'll swap notes on podcasting. I love it. That sounds great. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks so much, Jerry. It's been great being on your show. Thanks for inviting me. Well, that's it for this episode. Thank you for joining me. You know, being a solo can be incredibly rewarding when you have the right guidance, resources, and community to help drive your business vision. The great news is that's exactly what you'll get with Simplify and Multiply. You've just listened to another episode of the Simplify and Multiply show with Terry Pappy. If you want to get free marketing and business development tips, templates, trainings, and more, head over to simplifyandmultiply.com and sign up. Learn how you can grow your business the easy way. That's simplifyandmultiply.com to join our growing community of amazing, talented solopreneurs out to simplify their business, multiply their income, and make a big impact in the solopreneur economy.